Welcome to the High Frequency Females podcast. I'm Tiana Walker and I want to thank you for tuning in and as always thank you for taking the time for yourself. If you're here on this journey with us it's because you want to raise your vibration and live the life you want and the life that you deserve. With that in mind it means we all need to heal face our shadow selves and educate ourselves so we can become the people we've always wanted to be. This podcast is a collaboration of inspiring and empowering women and human beings who will help us along in our journey. I'm not going to pretend I'm perfect because I'm on this journey with you and I'm going to keep it real as I know I'll screw things up along the way with you. And hey, we're all human, right? Well, I guess we're all spiritual beings having a human experience, but hey, that's woo-woo for you. This space is completely free of judgment and is full of acceptance and healing. So take what you need, leave what you don't, and enjoy the High Frequency Females podcast. Hello, all you high frequency females and human beings. I'm putting out a trigger warning as I'll be discussing domestic violence on today's episode. If you or someone you know needs help, please seek it and get in touch with 1-800-RESPECT or DV Connect if you're in Queensland, Australia. I know I have so many listeners all over the world, more over the world than even Australia. So please get in touch with any organization wherever you are in the world. If you're if you've have dealt with domestic violence in the past and you know you still have feelings of concern or triggering events or anything like that, please speak to someone whether it's a counsellor or a family member, just please reach out and know that you're not alone. Your physical and mental well-being is so important. You are important. And like I always say, you deserve the life you want. So I have no doubt, you know, have even heard or completely been following the story with uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's court case. And over the last few weeks since the verdict, I've really tossed up whether or not I should even speak about domestic violence because I personally have never experienced domestic violence. But, you know, I've just been in two minds about it all and I know that the case has really brought up a lot of things for many people. It's opened old wounds. It's also started conversations, both positive and negative. Um, and it's always, it's it started like a huge battle on social media on whose side are you team Johnny or team Heard? With this said, I am so torn about this topic because on one side you want to believe women and you want to believe victims, which I do, I believe them, and you don't want, you know, what's going on to hinder them speaking out. And, you know, Amber Heard could have been telling some what of the truth and she might have just hired very terrible lawyers who buried her in doubt. So... But at the same time, is she telling the truth? Because so much of what she said has has been found to be untrue and contradictory to other people's witnesses' 
testimonies under oath. So her entire credibility just completely went out the window and made you wonder if she's lied about the whole thing or parts of it or exaggerated. You know, for Johnny, this was just something. Like he wanted to clear his name and by winning the case, it's just a means of clearing his name and wasn't about money. But what's really wanting me to speak today is because I have quite a few, you know, friends and people that I care about deeply that have been affected by uh, domestic violence, both female and male you know, that have experienced it and are survivors of domestic violence. And this whole situation has been quite triggering for them. I know a few men that have been survivors of domestic violence. Now, I guess we'll never truly what hap- know what happened in, you know, Johnny and Amber Heard's A-list relationship. But, you know, we all can only control the things that are within our own lives and with that situation um, we can only control how we let the situation affect us and how we handle our own thoughts around the issue as well as the actions and treat the situations of domestic violence in our own lives. Now I wanted to get a little bit deeper on it and you know what it's like for a woman and also what it was like for a man to experience domestic violence because we all know what happens and after speaking to two incredible human beings who are survivors of domestic violence one female the other male I got to understand where they're at and also their retrospective thoughts on the issue and yeah It was very interesting. Now, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics 2016 Personal uh, Safety Survey, 2.2 million of Australians have experienced physical and or sexual violence from a partner and 3.6 million Australians have experienced emotional abuse from a partner. About 2.2 Australians have experienced sexual violence since the age of 15. One in six women and one in 16 men in Australia in 2016 have experienced physical or sexual violence by a current or previous partner. 23% of women and 16% of men in 2016 have experienced emotional abuse from a current or previous cohabiting partner. On average, 20 people... 15 years and over, were hospitalised every day in 2019 to 2020 for an injury due to an assault by a partner or other family members. Now, after hearing those statistics, these are from just people that have felt comfortable to express their experience. And it also makes me think how many people didn't answer openly um, due to fear in these statistics surveys also how many people truly believe they haven't experienced domestic violence because the violence wasn't physical or it wasn't bad enough to be classed as domestic violence now how bad does it have to be to be domestic violence it yeah it gets you thinking and I have a few questions I want you to think about what are your thoughts on domestic violence what Do you class as domestic violence? Do you believe if a woman hits a man, it's the same as a man hitting a woman? 
does it go back to our belief system and how we're raised and how we view the sexes and their roles in society? Now, I don't want feminists and and people and men coming at me with my thoughts. These are just my thoughts and things that constantly I'm questioning in my own life and my values as well because, you know, a lot of what we are is learnt behaviour. So now I have someone very close to me who has been a victim and a survivor of domestic violence at the hands of a woman. Now, this man is over six foot tall and not someone you would ever think that would be a victim of domestic violence. He's gentle and someone who goes above and beyond for the people he loves. He sacrifices his soul to ensure the ones he loves are taken care of. Now, I asked him a few questions regarding his experience and getting to know his thought process and what his thoughts were at the time. Mind you, this domestic violence has never been reported, yet it still happened, as it does for many people across the world. And I just want to remind you, this is his perspective uh, on the issue as well. I first asked him how he felt after the first time physical violence happened. Um, His response was, I felt really annoyed. I felt angry, but also in disbelief that it happened. I then asked when it did happen, because it did happen multiple times. I said, was there ever a cycle? such as a viol- the violence happened and then was there love bombing of I love you, I love you, I'm sorry, it'll never happen again to then slowly increasing till it goes back to violence again and then pattern repeating. He said it was definitely a cycle of violence and then love bombing and it never happening again. And But he also said there was also as much as there was apologies, there was no genuine sense of remorse that he felt either um I said did it ever go through your mind to ever report it his response was no because he never thought it would be taken seriously he didn't think he'd be believed and the whole situation would have just been more trouble than what it would have been worth to report and that he was physically not harmed enough to go to hospital so he didn't feel that it was enough to report. Now, I asked, did he ever tell anyone, like his friends, his family? His response was, yes, I told my friends and it was quite evident because I had a huge black eye and had bruising on my face. Um, But he said that it was an extremely uncomfortable situation, not only for him but his friends as well when he told told his friends and that in Australia it's so easily to be laughed off because – and this is me saying this, Tiana – that in Australia culture we're very sarcastic, we joke a lot, um, you know, we're not – as much as serious stuff happens, we are very jokey, we're very laughy, there's a lot of – you know, paying each other out, paying yourself out. So that's where sometimes it's a little bit hard and the the lines are a little bit blurred. But what he said that hurt him the most was that his his friends' partners that were female would high-five this person without actually knowing the reason why he was physically punched in the face and in the eye. Um, but 
overall, he said it was a very uncomfortable situation, not only for him, but everyone around him. So what do you guys think of that? I guess for myself, I was brought up in a family where I was treated no differently from my brother. I have never been discriminated for being female and I have grown up with a mum and a grandmother and an auntie who always encouraged me to to stand stand my ground and to demand my space in the world. So for myself and my belief, listening to stories like this and listening to the questions or listening to the answers to the question, it makes me extremely angry. It makes me angry that a human being, whether you're male or female, that you can't report it. A culture which makes you fear doing the right thing by reporting it and enforcing the law to punish those who, who have done something wrong. Um, now, I spoke to another dear friend who also is a survivor of domestic violence and hers was very violent um, and it was reported uh, to the police as well. So this friend is female um, and I asked her a few questions a little bit different than what I asked my male friend. Um, so I asked, looking back, were there any red flags at the start of the relationship? She said, yes, looking back, there definitely was. He always wanted to know where she was all the time, but always sort of made it sound like it was out of worry and concern for her. And at the time, she just thought he was being really protective and caring and she'd never had someone worry about her like that before. So she said it was quite endearing. But looking back, it was definitely a, a red flag. So I asked her the first time it became physical, how did you feel afterwards? She said it felt as though it wasn't real, almost like she'd imagined it because she couldn't rationalise in her head that someone she loved could do that to her. I asked her then, did you report it? She said she didn't re report the first couple of times because she loved him and somehow justified it to herself that, you know, he could change and he would change because he loved her. I then asked, did it stop? She said there was extended periods of time where there was no physical violence and then she felt really safe and confident again. But in time, it eventually would happen again. I then asked, in that time where there was no violence, was there any verbal insults or controlling behaviour? She said he would always need to control everything in his life, not just her and, and the kids, but anything that wouldn't fit within his way of things and how he coped with the world. There would always be some kind of verbal fight, whether it was family or her. Um, but, you know, when it was her, it always resulted in him telling her that she was ugly and no one liked her and that no one or no person would ever want to love her. So I then said, why didn't you leave? She said, well, I had children. She had children with this man. So it was very difficult for her to leave. It, you know, she wasn't working at the time. And because she was on maternity leave, she said he controlled all the money. 
He knew exactly what she would be spending money on. He had access to her phone bill because she shared a family account. So um, he knew exactly who she was calling and how long she'd even been on the phone with them for. So she felt like she had no money to leave um, and felt like she couldn't even talk to anyone because she couldn't call anyone. Um, so why? what did it take for her to leave, I asked. Um Now she said, well, I always knew I never wanted to be treated this way. And when the physical violence happened in front of my children, that is when I said no. I wanted my children to see, uh, she didn't want her children to see that. They didn't deserve that. They deserved a life of happiness and safety. They deserved a mother who was happy and safe. I didn't want them to think this behavior is acceptable and I didn't want them to treat people like their father treated me. And I also didn't want my daughter to feel like it was okay to be treated like this. Now, being that I've never experienced domestic violence personally, looking at it from the outside in, I I have this need to help and I just don't know how to help. How do you guys feel listening to all that? From my view, I want victims to feel heard and to be taken seriously and believed. I want victims to feel safe. I want them to feel comfortable to express what they've experienced. And now I know there are some fucking idiots out there, um, you know, that make shit up. And I have known friends and people in my life that have made it up and It's been horrible and it makes it hard for those who are truly telling the truth to be taken seriously. Um, So how do you determine if someone's telling the truth? How do we determine, you know, who's telling the truth without putting pressure on victims? And that is a question I don't know how to answer. And quite frankly, I don't think it's up to us as a society to determine if someone's telling the truth. And it's something, I guess, experienced police officers that, you know, experience with dealing with domestic violence and psychologists to determine. And I think we need to be less judgmental of those that have been forthcoming with telling the truth. So looking at that as a whole, it comes to a time where we need to prevent the illness rather focusing on the illness and treating the illness. We need to assess the situation before it becomes domestic violence we can only change like change what's within our own control and we need to we can't control other people especially their words and actions what we can do is look at those early warning signs and then educate ourselves so we can identify abusers red flags before it gets too far And you're probably thinking we shouldn't have to do this. And yes, we shouldn't have to do this. But what other choice do we have right now? The things that are within our control is the education of younger generations that so they can be better than ours and those that have come before us and educating ourselves. So we can sort of look out for things, look for those red flags. So it gets me to thinking, what are those warning warning signs? A lot of the time warning signs or red flags as we call it um, become, become a lot clearer in hindsight I guess And but what are they? 
Um, and, you know, they can be relatively early on in the relationship that you can identify, but are often swept under the rug. They're often ignored or wrongfully explained. The warning signs and red flags can be rather subtle at first and begin to increase onto full-on abuse as the relationship goes on. The abuser more than often um, will explain their behaviour as concern or or love as the abuse intensifies. And as I was talking to my friend and asking those questions, that's exactly what happened to her, um, wanting to know where she was all the time and making it seem as though he cared and worried about her safety. Um, so with that in mind, it results in victims you know, changing themselves and changing their behaviours when they see those red flags to accommodate their behaviour and avoid confrontation and conflict. Now, I was looking online and the Say It Out Loud um, website have an amazing checklist um, and I'd love for them to check them out. I'll put it on the show notes as well as put it on the links for the High Frequency Females website. Um, So please check it out. I'll run through their red flag checklist now, which I think is absolutely amazing. Now it says to help you see red flags in your relationship, go through this checklist. The more yes questions you have, the more potential warnings there are in your relationship. So idolizing you in the early stages and pressuring you into commit very early. The next one is Uh, expecting you to spend all of their time with them and saying things like, I am all you need and you are all I need. The next is uh, expecting you to check in with them so they know where you are or grilling you about where you have been without them. Uh, Then constantly messaging and uh, calling you, blaming others for their problems without taking any responsibility advising you on how to dress without ask you asking for advice, uh, becoming extremely worried or angry when you were late, acting jealous and or possessively over you, isolating you by controlling where you go, who you see and who you talk to, regularly putting you down or making you feel insecure, putting you down, um, putting down everyone you know Uh, and or accusing you of cheating they say things like your family is too controlling or they don't really love you or your friends are just using you refusing to take responsibility for their actions blaming you blaming drugs or alcohol for their past and or stress for their actions blowing things out of proportion uh, or blaming others for their feelings disrespecting of others or insensitive to their pain very hot and cold nice one minute and exploding the next using physical force or intimidating behavior during an argument or holding you up to unrealistic expectations now how did you go how many yeses did you get there The more you answered yes, obviously, the more potential warning signs there are in your relationship. And you can do a further quiz as well on on the website as well, which I'll say again is the Say It uh, Out Loud website, which I'm pretty sure is sayitoutloud.org, but I will put that uh, link in the show notes for you as well. 
So if you're picking up those red flags and warning signs and you have concerns about speaking out, now the best advice I can give you is to actually speak to a professional about this. Even if it's just to run it by you, if you've got any concerns, you know, you yeah, I just don't want you to have any doubt. If you feel supported, talk to your family, especially if they're in a stable space for them, themselves. Um then yes, definitely do that. But I still think you should tell someone that's experienced in dealing with domestic violence. And when I say a professional, I don't mean just police. Yeah, if you are feeling it, then yeah. But if you want to run anything by, speak to a professional um, and get their advice, even if it's just to chat for five minutes. The reason I say that is I have a friend that was experienced domestic violence and at the time she was telling both myself and one of her other friends and I was actually completely shocked at what was happening. One, I was quite shocked at what was happening to my friend. It was it was very confronting and my reaction was to do everything in my power to help whatever resources I had, I was willing to give. I was... I believed her. I I didn't um, minimise what was happening to her. But I was also extremely shocked at her other friend and her reaction to the red flags and also the violence. She was – her other friend was justifying the behaviour of her partner by saying he just loves you and worries about you. Um, as when my friend was clearly saying she was concerned. And then when it came to the physical abuse and mind you, you know, there's different levels of abuse. I get that. There's, you know, shoving slaps, there's punching like full on brawls, you know, but no, no – he put hands on anything it's all still serious but obviously it wasn't serious in her other friend's eyes and she justified that behavior by saying um he was probably just mucking around um I'm sure he wasn't shoving you to hurt you and I was quite flawed so you know if you're telling a friend um, that you're concerned and they're not taking you seriously or they're minimising what's happening, move along and find someone else. And that's why I always say speak to a professional, a counsellor or a domestic violence hotline, someone trained to give you the right support or at least point you in the right direction and help guide you through the process. Now, if you're listening to this and you have been the abuser before or you are an abuser, what done is done. You no longer live there anymore. You own your mistakes. Everyone grows. Everyone heals. In no way am I condoning what you have done or are doing in the past or present, but I'm I am well aware people make mistakes and are continuously growing or learning. What I demand of you is to get help before entering another relationship. And if you are in a relationship currently, I urge you to seek help now just to ensure it doesn't happen again and to identify those triggers that bring that out on you and so you can learn different behaviours as well so you know you don't inflict this pain and physical violence on upon another human being again. You know, my partner and I were discussing this episode before I recorded it the other day and um, we both agreed sometimes you can get two people who are fundamentally really good people and have good values but they just bring out the worst in each other who bring people's triggers to the forefront and really just 
make bad situations and decisions and really mess things up. So we understand that stuff happens, but I just want you all to know that you're important and you're loved and you do not deserve someone to put hands on you at all. You don't deserve that, but it's the chance that you need to help yourself too. Um, you know, your kids and you don't deserve that. So please seek support if you need it. Uh, you will be listened and you will be heard. Just speak to a professional that can help guide you. Now, if you want any more information, please DM me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at uh, high frequency females you can also jump onto my website there is a contact me section there that I check quite frequently so please drop me a line I'm happy to share any resources or help guide you to find help because you deserve it we all deserve to live such a beautiful and amazing lives and we have to make that choice to live that now I hope this episode wasn't too depressive but I just wanted to get this information because it is such a concern with what's happening in the world and I think we all need to heal and to raise the vibration of the collective we definitely need to heal and to raise our vibration as a collective. I love you all. Have a beautiful day, evening, morning, wherever you are in the world. Think positive thoughts, send love to those around you. 